Section 8 of My Life in Christ by St. John of Kronstadt Translated by E. E. Gulioff This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Let us suppose that you have written a book about the Holy Trinity, and have printed a thousand copies of it, or, perhaps, as many as you liked. And in all these copies of your book there is not only the same spirit, but also the same words, and they all have the same form. It is thus with the offering of the body of Christ. It is offered throughout the universe in an innumerable multitude of churches. The same trinity acts on all Christian altars. In every lamb there is the one same Christ and his spirit, as the contents are in the book. Everywhere the offering has the one same form, and thus this most holy mystery is like a single great sacred book of the Lord's love to mankind, prepared in innumerable quantities throughout the universe, under the one same form and with the one same spirit living in it, in whom love abounds, and who took upon himself the sins of the world, that is, the spirit of Christ. Here is another similarity. There are multitudes of individual human beings upon the earth. They all have the same bodily shape, the same soul, with similar, though not identical, capabilities. And all these beings have one name, that of man. All men are similar to each other, and have sprung from the same origin, primarily from God the Father, the Son, and His Spirit and afterwards from one pair. This is why, amongst other things, God's law commands us to love every one as ourself, because of the identity of our nature. Thus you see many persons, and they are one by the identity of the nature of their soul and body. Likewise the Lord, in His life-giving mysteries, wherever they are offered, is eternally the sole, indivisible Creator, and hath made of one blood all nations of men. Through His one Spirit, living in the holy sacrament of the body and blood, celebrated in all the churches of the world, He wishes to unite us to Himself, we who have fallen from union with Him through sin and obedience to the devil and to cut off and cleanse that which in all of us prevents union with him and with each other, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. Such is the object of the mystery of the communion. Why is it wonderful that the bread and wine become the body and blood of Christ, and that Christ rests in them as the soul rests in the body? Why is it wonderful when the devil nestles in a tiny germ in the heart of the infant, and grows stronger with the growth of the body, so that afterwards the infant is born with the devil already concealed and nestling in its heart? Oh, what infinite goodness and wisdom the Lord has shown by giving us the most pure mysteries of his body and blood! and by the fact that they are received by Christians into their very hearts, that is, there where the devil nestles, having the power of sin and the power of death, 
as a perfect antidote to bestow upon us life and holiness, and to drive away sin and death. Just as undoubtedly as the devil and every sin often nestles in our hearts, so undoubtedly does Christ, the life-giver, our sanctification, dwell in our hearts. Our Lord is mightier than the devil. If the devil still lives and works in our hearts through our attachments to earthly things, then how shall not Christ enter into our heart, through faith and repentance, when it was created to be the temple of God? How shall not Christ enter into our heart, precisely in his blood and flesh, corresponding with our spirituality and our fleshliness? Also, if the devil can give life and speed to the image of the beast, then cannot Christ dwell in the bread and wine, transforming them, and completely assimilating them to himself as his flesh and blood. A burning glass only sets fire to wood, paper, or any other combustible material when we place it in such a position that the rays of the sun, concentrated in the focus of the glass, being all concentrated upon one point of the object, will act upon it through their entire combined power, and thus direct on the object, as it were, the whole sun on a small scale. It is thus also during prayer, when our souls are warmed, vivified, and inflamed by the wise sun, God, when through our intellect, acting like the burning glass, we direct upon our heart, as the spiritual point of our being, the mental sun, and when it acts upon the heart with all its singleness and power. Likewise, in regard to the mother of God, the angels, and the saints, fix upon your heart their images as they are, with all their power and sanctity. Let your heart receive enlightenment from them, with all possible fullness and power, and become inflamed by the abundance of their love, as by the action of fire. Their holiness, purity, goodness, and strength will be communicated to your heart. It will itself be cleansed, itself be strengthened in faith and love and the more resolutely, the more constantly, your heart is turned towards God and his saints, the more it will be enlightened, purified, and vivified. If you invoke any saint doubting that he is near you and hears you, and your heart is oppressed and contracted, conquer yourself, or, rather, overcome, with the help of the Lord Jesus Christ, the calumniator, the devil, nestling in your heart. Call upon the saint with the hearty assurance that he is near you in the Holy Ghost, and hears your prayer, and you will at once feel relieved. Oppression and weariness of heart during prayer proceed from want of sincerity, from the deceitfulness and craftiness of our heart, in the same manner as when, during ordinary conversation with other people, we feel inwardly ill at ease if we do not speak to them from the heart, but untruthfully, insincerely. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Be true in heart always and everywhere, 
and you will always and everywhere have peace but especially be true in your converse with god and the saints because the spirit is truth when praying we must pronounce each word from the heart with the same power that is contained in each one of them just as medicines are usually taken with a curative power corresponding to each of them and bestowed upon them by the creator if we leave out the power or the essence of the medicine then it will not take effect but will only set our teeth on edge likewise if during prayer we pronounce the words disregarding their power without feeling in our heart their truth we shall not derive any benefit from the prayer because true fruitful prayer must be in spirit and in truth the words of the prayer correspond to the component parts and the different ingredients of the medicine each of them having its own power and forming together a curative dose for the body in the same way as chemists preserve the power of the aromatic medicinal ingredients keeping them firmly stoppered in glass or other vessels so we must firmly preserve the power of each word in our heart as in a vessel and not pronounce it otherwise than with a power corresponding to it when praying we must represent to ourselves the whole of creation as nothing before god and god alone as everything containing everything as a drop of water existing moving in everything and vivifying everything prayer is a golden link connecting the christian man the wanderer and the stranger upon earth with the spiritual world of which he is a member and above all with god the source of life the soul came forth from god and to god may it ever ascend through prayer there is great benefit from prayer to those who pray it gives rest to the soul and the body it gives rest not only to the soul of him who prays i will give you rest but also to the souls of our departed forefathers to our fathers and brothers see how important prayer is as smoke from burning wood ascends in the air so also the soul ascends from the body given over to the burning of corruption conscience in men is nothing else but the voice of the omnipresent god moving in the hearts of men as he who alone is and has created everything the lord knows all as himself all the thoughts desires intentions words and works of men present past and future however far in front i may let my thoughts my imagination run he is there before me and i ever inevitably finish my course in him ever having him as the witness of my ways his eyes are open upon all the ways of the sons of men whither shall i go from thy spirit or whither shall i flee from thy presence here before us is a living man his eyes are fixed upon us his ears are open to hear his soul and body are before us but we see the body and not the soul we do not see his thoughts 
his desires, his intentions, although there is not an instant during which his soul does not think and live in a corresponding manner. So also before us, around us, and within us is visible nature, all God's beautiful world. In it we see everywhere life, harmonious order, action, but we do not see the author of life and order. We do not see the great architect himself, although meanwhile he is present at every moment in every place, as the soul in the body, though he is not limited by it. There is not a fraction of a moment during which he, as the all-perfect, most-wise, all-merciful, omniscient, omnipresent, almighty spirit, does not think, does not shower benefits and wisdom upon his creatures. There is not a fraction of a moment during which he does not apply his wisdom and omnipotence. For God is a self-acting being, infinitely productive. Thus you look upon the world, but look upon it and observe everywhere in it its author, God, everywhere present in it, filling everything, moving in everything, and ordering everything. The conscience of every man is a ray of light from the one all-enlightening spiritual sun, God. Through the conscience God rules over all, as a righteous and almighty king. And how mighty is his empire through the conscience! Nobody is strong enough to completely silence his voice. It speaks impartially to all and to each, as the voice of God himself. Through the conscience we are all as one man before God. This is why it seems as if the Ten Commandments referred to one man. I am the Lord thy God, thou shalt have no other gods. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day. Honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. Or, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and thy neighbor as thyself, because he is exactly the same as I. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. This is a great commandment. It is absolutely necessary to fulfill it to keep the unity of the Spirit. This the Son of God ever desired, and still desires. For this he prayed, and still prays, to his Father. Holy Father, keep through thine own name, prayed the Lord for his disciples, those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they may all be one, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. You see, therefore, that our unity through the Spirit, through life, loudly proves also the divinity of the founder of our faith, the Lord Jesus Christ. He, who wishes to unite all, to make all as one soul, and does so, came forth from the one God, who created all things, who has united all things under him, 
and who wishes to raise even those who have separated themselves from union by disobedience to union with him through faith and obedience the teachers who have not come from god who were not called of him not sent by him i have not sent these prophets yet they ran no man taketh this honour unto himself but he that is called of god as was aaron usually bring into the company of men disunion diversity of opinion and thus clearly prove that they are not of god such was luther such are other teachers of dissent such are all heretics they have divided the one church of god have cut into part the indivisible the united plurality united under the one head of the church christ animated by the one spirit of god and have thus proved that they were instruments of the devil who strives in every way to divide scatter and disperse the lord's sheep the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep glory to the christian orthodox faith its true fruit ever was and is the unity of the faithful between themselves through love and the community of spiritual and material blessings the farther christians remove themselves from the spirit of their faith the more they become divided by self-love the more they are absorbed in themselves the lesser community they have in spiritual and material blessings especially of material ones with those in want love becomes exhausted in them and mankind more distressed true christianity brings felicity even upon earth for it looks upon christians as one great body whose members are honourable and dishonourable not by birth but by their calling and deeds strong and weak rich and poor and the spirit of god intercedes in the souls of the rich or the strong on behalf of the poor and needy through the community of spiritual and material blessings the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul it is to the honour of russia that in the time of the famine she rendered unanimous succour to those suffering from the bad harvest dislike enmity or hatred should be unknown amongst christians even by name how can dislike exist among christians everywhere you see love everywhere you breathe the fragrance of love our god is the god of love his kingdom is the kingdom of love from love to us he did not spare his only begotten son but delivered him up to die for our sakes to be the propitiation for our sins in your home you see love in those around for they are sealed in baptism and chrism with the cross of love and wear the cross they also partake with you in church of the supper of love in church there are everywhere symbols of love crosses the sign of the cross the saints who are pleasing to god by their love to him and to their neighbour and incarnate love itself in heaven and upon earth everywhere there is love it rests and rejoices the heart like god whilst enmity kills the soul and the body and you must show love always and everywhere 
how can you not love when everywhere you hear love preached when only the destroyer of mankind the devil is eternal enmity he that spared not his own son how shall he not with him also freely give us all things the essential the greatest is given everything else that we ask or pray for is infinitely less than the son of god we may therefore ask god for everything trustfully in the name of jesus christ every blessing or gift that we can think of for whatsoever ye shall ask in my name that will i do that the father may be glorified in the son do you pray for the forgiveness of the sins or for the repose of the souls of the departed he is the propitiation for the sins of the whole world the blood of jesus christ his son cleanseth us from all sin he can forgive even the departed every sin committed by them in word deed or thought he is the resurrection the life and the repose of his departed servants would you ask anything of him for the living and for yourself ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you as the number of stars in heaven is known to the lord so the number of the angels of heaven and the number of their thoughts are known to him as the number of the grains of the sand of the sea and of the creatures of the whole earth with the organs and component parts both great and infinitely small are known to him as the number of atoms of all elements small unto infinite infinity is known to him so the number of the whole human race which was which is and which shall be is known to him as well as the number of all the thoughts of those who were who are and who will be and the number of movements of their hearts of their words and deeds as in material nature nothing is concealed from him not the smallest atom is lost for how can that which was created by god be destroyed without him without his will so likewise in spiritual nature not a single thought not a single idea not a single movement of the heart desire or deed are lost for him all are counted up in their treasuries in their right number and measure that is in the quantity degree and power that they really were excepting the evil thoughts desires words and acts confessed or expiated by amendment of life the number of all the atoms of the earth and of the atoms of earthly creatures as well as the number of thoughts and movements of the human spirit are in this respect completely parallel indeed if that which is created subordinate and dead is not destroyed of itself then how can that be destroyed which has itself received from god the capability of creating and which is dominating living i mean thought clothing itself in words and the very author of thought the soul and thus as this is impossible prepare yourselves mortals to answer at the judgment for all your thoughts desires words for all your deeds good and evil which await you there 
and which were sent there beforehand by you from earth, the good and the evil, unconfessed or not expiated by opposite thoughts, desires, and deeds. For all these God will bring you to judgment. Most merciful Lord, enter not into judgment with thy servants. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? As the greatest luminary is reflected in infinitely small earthly bodies, in their innumerable multitudes, and man's image is reflected in the small pupils of the eyes, so the spiritual sun, Christ, is represented in small beings, in men, in their infinite multitudes, also in the smallest particles of his body and blood, because the first, life eternal, is most simple and individual. As the sun, being reflected in a multitude of great and small bodies, lights the whole world, covering it all, so it is with the Lord. The one same wind, but in an innumerable multitude of places, creates diverse powers. So the one same Spirit of God, but in innumerable assemblies of angels, manifest his power and strength, and in all holy men bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. The Lord keeps not only all the bones, but also the images of the saints, not allowing them to perish through corruption, through carelessness and neglect, but miraculously recovering them, as we know from descriptions of the appearances of thaumaturgical icons, especially of that of the most pure mother of God, Our Lady. So dear to God is the image of man, especially that of a holy man, as a vessel of grace. Through such images he works miracles, and bestows invisible powers of healing and consolation. God is greater than our heart, and knoweth all things. Through our spiritual vision we see and know the smallest movements of the heart, all our thoughts, desires, and intentions in general, almost everything that is in our soul. But God is greater than our heart. He is within us, and around us, and everywhere, in every place, as the single all-seeing spiritual eye of which our own spiritual vision is but a small specimen, and therefore he knows all that is in us a thousand times better and more clearly than we ourselves. At the same time he knows everything that is in every man, in every angel, and in all the heavenly powers, in every animate and inanimate creature, seizes upon the palm of his hand all that is within us and every creature, being inherent in each one of them, and maintaining each one of them in its existence and functions, as the all-provident Creator. As in Jesus Christ dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, so likewise in the life-giving sacrament of his body and blood. In the small human body dwelleth all the fullness of the infinite, uncontainable Godhead. And in the small lamb, or bread, in each smallest particle, dwelleth all divine fullness. Glory to thy omnipotence and goodness, O Lord! 
as the sun though it is itself always in the heavens but by its rays as if by innumerable hands reaches the earth in its entire surface and communicates itself to all organic bodies entering into them the sun enters into bodies by its rays warming them giving them life and growth through its warmth passing through transparent ones or reflecting in them by its whole circle there are as many images of the sun as there are transparent bodies and warming the opaque solid and inorganic bodies so the spiritual sun god although himself preeminently in the heavens but by his life-giving spirit as though by his rays communicates himself to all reasonable creatures angels and men penetrating into their spiritual being sanctifying them giving them life strength and growth in the same manner as the rays of the sun penetrate into organic and vegetable bodies giving them life and growth as the sun though it is itself in the heavens lights the whole earth communicating life to every creature and thing however insignificant so likewise the lord by the light of the trinity enlightens all men for he is the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world all you who draw near to serve god in prayer learn to be like him meek humble and true of heart do not let there be any deceitfulness or duplicity nor coldness in your soul strive to have his spirit for if any man have not the spirit of christ he is none of his the lord seeks in us that which is like and akin to himself unto which his grace may be grafted remember that not a single word is lost during prayer if you say it from your heart god hears each word and weighs it in a balance sometimes it seems to us that our words only strike the air in vain and sound as the voice of one crying in the wilderness no no it is not so we must remember that god understands us when we pray that is our words just as those who pray perfectly understand the words themselves for man is god's image the lord responds to every desire of the heart expressed in words or unexpressed in communicating with undoubting faith of the life-giving sacrament i am instructed in a sensible manner of the omnipresence of christ in what manner because in every particle of the body and in each drop of the blood i receive christ wholly and thus through my spiritual vision i see that he is at the same time holy in all the particles and drops whatever their number may be unto infinity exactly in the same manner the lord is holy in every temple and as orthodox temples are to be found upon the whole earth so the lord is present upon the whole earth not only through his godhead but both in his body and soul everywhere wholly and indivisibly communicating himself to believers and bringing forth sweet fruits in them the purifying of sins the sanctification of christian souls and bodies righteousness peace and joy in the holy ghost uniting all to himself to the father and the holy ghost 
we also know that through fervent prayer he enters into the souls of believers with the Father and the Holy Ghost. Being inherent in the whole material world, and vivifying the whole of it together, and each part of it separately, the Lord is still more inherent in men, and especially in Christians, and lives in them. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? The human race is one great tree of God, spreading and growing over the whole earth, and covering the whole earth with its branches. To the original rotten root, fallen Adam, God in his great wisdom and mercy has grafted a new living root, the Lord Jesus Christ, from whom Christians derive their origin, as a shoot from the whole tree. In trees there is organic earthly life, in the Christian race the life of Christ, heavenly, spiritual. And we must look upon the spiritual capabilities and powers of true Christians as upon the powers of Jesus Christ himself. We have the mind of Christ, said the Apostle of true Christians. We must also look upon good works as upon the fruits of the grace of Christ. Christians leading an unchristian-like life are the dry branches on the shoots coming from the root, Christ, and every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away, and cast them into the fire. Heathens are the unregenerate, inanimate shoot coming from the rotten root, Adam. By faith they also may be grafted on to the living, healthy shoot, to the body of the church, that is, to the body of Christ. Whose are the leaves of the tree? They are God's. Whose are the good thoughts in you? They are God's. Whose is the capacity in the trees to grow and form their tissues, and to produce and develop leaves and fruit? It is God's, that is, given by God. Whose is your capacity of thought and word? It is God's. Do the trees wrongfully use the powers given to them by God? No. Do men wrongfully use the capacities and powers bestowed upon them by God? They do. They misuse them through their intellect, recede from God for the purpose of knowing God and His truths. They misuse them through their heart, created for the purpose of loving God and their neighbors, of experiencing the blessedness of communion with God, and they misuse them through free will, given to them for the purpose of endless improvement in virtue. God works in our body, in its natural function, supporting it, feeding it, and rearing it. He also acts in the grass, or in the trees, or in the animals, clothing the grass, rearing the tree, and adorning it with leaves and fruit, feeding the animals and rearing their bodies. Of ourselves we cannot do or create anything in our body, not one jot, as it is said. Thou canst not make one hair white or black. God is equally in the infinitely great and in the infinitely small, not being limited either by the one or the other, but is wholly present in everything, being indivisible and above all. Could the leaves exist without the tree, 
and could the tree itself exist without earth air water and warmth likewise no soul can exist without god without his son without his spirit god is my being my breath my light my strength my drink my food he carries me as a mother carries her infant in her arms more than this carrying me my soul and body he dwells in me and is united to me when praying to god remember that god is three persons and as he is a person and persons he possesses in infinity all those perfections which we can imagine in any most perfect man by the grace of god as for instance in the most pure virgin mary in st nicholas the wonder-worker in st john chrysostom in the apostles prophets filled with the spirit of god man is god's image and the likeness of god from a perfect image we can partly judge what the prototype is like all that is best that attracts our spiritual gaze and the inclinations of our heart in man is from god from his son and from his spirit for instance st nicholas was and still is compassionate and merciful to men by the grace of god he always was and still is ready to hear those who call upon him sincerely through the same merciful heart which he had during his lifetime and which he still possesses by the grace of god now is not the lord himself compassionate and merciful and much more compassionate and merciful infinitely more as he himself is infinitely greater than st nicholas or let us take the apostle paul what bowels of compassion there were in the apostle writing of the servant of philemon he said to his master therefore receive him that is mine own bowels how much love is contained in these words and what love all his epistles breathe our heart is enlarged wrote he to the corinthians ye are not straitened in us he has also described in one of his epistles in what divine love consists in reading this description one feels that the apostle himself had indeed fulfilled all that he wrote concerning love but whence came this love in the apostle who had previously persecuted and grieved christ and who entering the houses of his disciples dragged out men and women bound them and shut up many mercilessly in prison from the lord the source of love he alone is eternal boundless love embracing all creatures as the holy trinity our god is one being although three persons so likewise we ourselves must be one as our god is indivisible we also must be indivisible as though we were one man one mind one will one heart one goodness without the smallest admixture of malice in a word one pure love as god is love that they may be one even as we are one end of section eight